0: So, Raymond, remember back in, I believe it was 2014 when the Seahawks and the Patriots went to face each other in the Super Bowl. It was the 2013 season, I th- no yeah, 2014 season was after they won. And the this bowl, because both teams were so hated, this this bowl was called the hater Bowl. Remember that? that's what that was the infamous name for that Super Bowl because they both, like both popularity-wise across the country were both very hated teams. And so this team, this was called the Hater Bowl. Now, Raymond, if you're a Niners fan, there's many reasons you probably don't like Tom Brady, you know, him overtaking Montana as the GOAT, uh, him being, you know, having grown up a Niners fan, all of the controversy surrounding that team. And if you're also a Niners fan, you probably don't like the Chiefs after losing to them in the Super Bowl last year. So if the Seahawks-Patriots was the hater bowl. What is this Chiefs, Mahomes-led Chiefs versus Tom Brady's-led Buccaneers? What is the name of this bowl? What are we going to dub this one?
1: It has to be something along the lines of a cursed double-edged sword. Blow my brains out. Take this dagger out of my temple bowl. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. This is the worst Super Bowl ever.
0: (laughs) Worst Super Bowl ever? (laughs) Worse than the Patriots Seahawks Super Bowl?
1: I mean, it's right up there. It's right up there. Might as well be the spirit of the Patriots that's getting channeled through Tom Brady's mere presence. Oh, man.
0: Wow unbelievable all right well there you go Raymond that is the name of this bowl uh, let's see if you guys can say that three <laughs> times fast uh, Raymond why don't you let them know where can they find the gold cast you can always follow us on Instagram
1: at the gold cast you can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast, and you can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify stitcher YouTube, anywhere that podcasts are syndicated, we can be found there. Make sure to like, subscribe, and comment. If you're on the YouTube platform, make sure to leave a comment because that actually feeds the algorithm, and make sure to hit the notification bell. That way you get notified on
0: when our episodes go live on the line. All right, absolutely. There you go. All right, today's episode. Man, Raymond, these quarterback rumors will not go away. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Good problem to have, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. On top of that, the uh, Warriors changing up the lineup to you know, to bolster the defense. And then, of course, the playoff bracket. What happened in for me during the AFC-NFC ship in my playoff bracket, I am going to let you know. But first, the greatest intro in the game is about to drop. Your professor of fanalism. I'm in the building, the greatest fanalist in the game. He's here too. Classes in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? Are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. <laughs> Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sisa III, and with me is my brother, my co host.
1: Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom!
0: All right. Raymond, uh, we're going to talk about the NFL playoffs, and we're going to talk about all that in a little bit. Uh, try to say that name that you called it three times fast. I dare you, Goldcast Empire. But before we do that, Raymond, let us first start about these rumors
1: Look at all these rumors.
0: So it won't go away, right? It won't it, it, I was saying, I was telling Louis B, our LA co-host. I was saying this is becoming a rite of passage in the NFL. Like you're not a real QB in the NFL until you've been linked to a possible trade to San Francisco. And the second Aaron Rodgers did that press conference about you know, there's probably going to be a lot of changes to the roster next year, you know, a lot of movements. so I'm not even sure. I'm paraphrasing. You know, there was instant—I mean, it was like instantly someone on Twitter posted a picture of him in a 49ers uniform, instantly. And then there was also talks this past week about Matt Stafford possibly being traded to the 49ers. And so we're just in this situation where it just seems like every quarterback that uh, potentially— uh, is is not happy or has or there's a potential of them leaving that that becomes them instantly linked to the 49ers. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers first because obviously he's the bigger quarterback. I'm gonna put this in the no way in hell is this actually happening zone. I I I don't even see him leaving Green Bay. I think he was just you know emotions are high. He's lost his second straight NFC Championship. He's one in four total. So I under he's he's you know is still playing at a really high clip, but you know he's start this. Who knows how much time Aaron Rodgers has left? And uh, I I understand the sense of urgency that he's probably going through. What are your thoughts first on this Aaron Rodgers to San Francisco rumor?
1: Well, I mean, when you think about it. This is the the one quarterback we could have had outside of Alex Smith. It was either him or Rodgers that were scheduled to go to us. They didn't really like Rodgers' attitude back then, so we took, you know, the more calm, collected, um, humble Alex Smith over Rodgers. And who knows if Rodgers was still with us during the Harbaugh era? Good chance, you know, we perhaps go to three straight Super Bowls uh, during that run, or at least come out winning, you know, two thirds of that. So uh, it, it's it's hard and and Rodgers grew up a Niners fan just like Tom Brady did. A lot of these quarterbacks grew up Niners fans and so there there is that that tie. You know, he'd obviously be okay with that maneuver. We know that he had he took it personally when the Niners didn't pick him in the draft and made it his personal business to beat us every time he played us, which he was able to do whenever the team sucked. But uh, outside of the team not su- short of the team not sucking, Rodgers has always been owned by us. Uh, but uh, so I, to me, this is the second most expensive quarterback that they could acquire in a trade. But again, like like the move with um, with Matt Stafford, which we'll get to, you're getting an older quarterback who, once his time is done, which is less than five years in, in my estimate, then you're right back at square one, trying to look for a quarterback, and depending on how you finish. With that quarterback in terms of record, you might not be in a very good position to acquire a new quarterback. You might be, you know, you're going to draft a quarterback mid, mid-round or, you know, get another trade, trade for another veteran quarterback. I don't want to be that team that just, you know, works with veteran quarterbacks via trade in order to get Super Bowls, in order to compete for a Super Bowl. You know, the, the best formula is to draft one that's good enough to win it for you, like we did with Joe Montana. And even though we got Steve Young in a trade, we got him when he was still very young and he was groomed into a championship quarterback under Joe Montana. So something like that, Um, that would be nice to see. Rodgers is obviously one of the greatest passers we've ever known. I think, uh, you know, outside of Drew Brees, Captain Checkdown style, I think uh, Rodgers is the most accurate quarterback that's ever played uh, outside of him and, of course, Steve Young. But I think, um, you know, it's a nice pipe dream, but I don't— I doubt Lafleur is going to give Kyle Shanahan, you know, his best offensive piece going forward, knowing that Kyle Shanahan, that the 49ers are, after having a historic worst in terms of health, that obviously that that rarely happens in the NFL to that degree. There's only one direction this team is going to go in, in terms of health, and that's they're going to be healthier. They're not going to be losing guys, multiple guys every single week and pulling guys off the street. And practice squad guys. That's not going to happen at this, the this same time because the odds just don't play in the Niners favor to, to have them duplicate what they just went through. So we're obviously going to be healthy and I just don't see LaFleur giving that piece up. Um, that That's my take on it. It'd be nice to have, especially considering he was a Niners fan, but I think this would just, just like the Watson trade would be too expensive.
0: I, I completely agree. I do not see LaFleur sending Rodgers to San Francisco so we can go chase another chip and he can begin a rebuild of the team. That just doesn't make any sense. Why would Green Bay send Aaron Rodgers to San Francisco? I understand that Aaron Rodgers has a lot of power, and, you know, he probably could push a trade. I just don't see it happening. I really don't. This team was just in two NFC championships, uh, you know.
1: Yeah, you lose the quarterback, you're you're set back. You know, you're. I think you're set back by at least, you know, five maybe six wins depending on who else is there to take over
0: that's a that's a three to five year rebuild now that you're in you're rebuilding at that point so i agree let's talk about matt stafford uh because this was the other rumor the other quarterback linked to the 49ers my god so many quarterbacks linked to us but um matt stafford I jokingly said to you off off air that uh, if we do this trade, I want like 2015 Matt Stafford. You know, I want a guy. I want the young version of Matt Stafford. This is another guy that I just don't see this being a logical jump for us. You know, he was even possibly linked to the Rams, and I'm like, man, I hope the Rams get him. I would love for the Rams to get Matt Stafford. That would be great. And I think that's a way. That's also, I bet. I feel like that's a way you can sometimes measure if these are actually good trades. If your rival would rather you take the guy than, 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 than us have the guy, then you probably know it's a bad it's a bad trade. And I think, don't think this is a good trade either. I can't honestly truly believe that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are actually going to be kicking the tires on a possible trade for Matt Stafford.
1: Yeah, I, I like Matt Stafford. I've always actually been a fan of his uh, as a player because I thought he was a really good passer. Just didn't have very good talent around him. You know, had Had some players here and there. You know, he's got a couple of good receivers on the team right now. You know, a, a promising young uh, running back. But the defense is still trash. They've only gone to the, to the playoffs a few times in his career. He's gone to one Pro Bowl. He's only thrown 40 touchdowns once in his career. But he's thrown for over 4,000 yards eight times in his career. So we know that he can sling it. And uh, a Kyle Shanahan marriage... Any one of these quarterbacks is going to thrive in a Kyle Shanahan system. They all fit like a glove. Um, but, uh, again, this even though this would be the least expensive of the three primary quarterbacks that are linked to a possible trade to the 49ers, being Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, and Matthew Stafford, I just don't think this one, like you, I'm in agreement, this one just does not make sense. You're getting a 32-year-old quarterback. He's had some serious back issues. He's, he's really kind of one big hit away from getting knocked out of the game. He's just as fragile as Jimmy Garoppolo right now at this stage. And the young Stafford would actually play through injuries and was quite tough and quite durable. But that's just not the case anymore. And that's just what happens once you start to get in your 30s in the National Football League. I don't care who your name is. Even Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady just, you know, if it wasn't for the league going so soft and—, and Particularly a little overprotective around him is my impression. Then I, I think he, he could have taken some big hits that could have, you know, sl- shortened his career a little bit, but uh, he didn't. And he, d- he rarely runs, too. So Matt Stafford has been known to scramble at times, and he is a big, tough guy and, and does and, and has a tough tenacity to him. And I like his attitude. But again, this is just not a good fit. You're, once you're done with Matthew Stafford, which again is less than five years three if you're lucky, three good years if you're really lucky, then you're right back at square one again. And I just don't know if that's where the Niners and Lynch want to be. You know, their, their goal is to get a young quarterback that can be groomed into a champion and then ride, ride that as long as possible, like a Joe Montana. They're trying to do that. They're trying to build a team that is capable of competing for a championship year in and year out, like the Niners from the early 1980s, until the late 1990s they're trying to build a 20 year run here and it's really hard to do obviously you know after the niners no one else really did it outside the patriots and then other teams chipped in in between that but it's really hard to get that kind of run but they can do it as long as they get a good quarterback in place and you know i think jimmy to me jimmy's the best option for the niners going forward in terms of you know not giving up the future now at least the type of future it would cost to get any of the quarterbacks we've mentioned with the exception of Stafford who'd be the cheapest but either way you're still giving up draft picks no matter how you slice it with any of these quarterbacks and the the more talented and younger you get uh, the higher the price tag and I just don't know if that's worth I think they're going to have the talks to have the talks because we obviously saw that they were linked to having a talk with the Lions so of course they're going to do their due diligence and at least have a discussion about it But I don't know if it's ever going to make sense cost-wise for the Niners to pull the trigger.
0: I agree. I feel like this one is pure conjecture on the part of 49ers Twitter. Uh, I don't believe there are actual serious talks. I think the only one we really strongly considered that was an option was Watson. And... Who knows? If it happens, it happens. But at this point, uh, all, all signs seem to be pointing to some type of trade between uh, New York and uh, Houston. So best of luck to either of them. But, Ray, let's move on now. Let's go in to the Warriors. We went from a nice big week to a little bit of a tough week. We had two games in a row. We, we lost to the Knicks, 119-104. to 104, And then we lost to the Jazz, final score 127-108. to 108. And in both of those games, you saw huge, huge leads gain in, right there in the first quarter. 40 points with the Knicks in the first quarter, 39 points with the Jazz in the first quarter. And now Steve Kerr has moved Wiseman out of the starting lineup and put him back into the onto the bench and moved Kevon Looney back into the starting lineup. What do you think about this move? I, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. They want to become a defensive-minded team. I think it's a good thing. What are your thoughts on it?
1: Well, Looney's a veteran. He's a championship veteran, and he's always been known for having good defense and good length. And even though Wiseman has those intangibles too, and obviously way higher ceiling than Looney, the fact is that we're getting we're getting chewed up in the first quarter of most of the games that we're in. Uh, I would say what wh- I think it is um, only once in the last five games the Warriors have led after the first quarter. I know they're 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 handling the Timberwolves tonight as we speak, but it's been very up and down. And the lineup that they currently have now, so now you have Looney, Curry, Ubre, who, uh, Draymond Green, and um, Wiggins. And Wiggins, Uh, that to me is the uh, statistically that's the best uh, defensive unit lineup that they've got. So coming out of the gate with that five. That fab five, I think that's fantastic in terms of defense. Remember, this team is a this is a team that's supposed to lean into their defensive prowess because they have a lot of defensive talent on the team. I think Ubre's been fantastic uh, on the defensive end. I think that Wiseman has flashed brilliantly and he's only gonna get better. But Looney in this position here, I think just gives them a little bit more consistency. And, you know, he's he's gonna and he's a better passer. And Wiseman is right now. So I think that's going to lend some some opportunities as well offensively. And I just think that this is just going to allow them to not fall behind, you know, as much as they have been, because right now they're kind of, you know, th- what the record is, even though I had hopes for them getting past, you know, after winning the two games, I thought that they had a really good chance to beat a not very good Knicks team that's struggling just as much as we are, if not more so. And the fact that, you know, they never led in that game was just a huge letdown, obviously. And, and I get it. Back to back games in the NBA are never fun. And they usually are always very difficult for whatever team is doing that back to back, especially if you're on the road doing back to backs, That's even worse. But in the Warriors case, I've always seen them struggle in back to backs. And that was no different against the Knicks, even with this this new younger Warriors team. And uh, so I'm 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 OK with it. I. I defer to Steve Kerr. He knows this stuff way better than I do. And I think uh, Looney in there as a more consistent defensive player, I think it's going to make all the difference. Wiseman in that second unit, I think it's going to be great. Um, I'm curious to see how it works out because uh, it's just a different lineup. And we know they also sent some guys to the G League because they haven't been getting play time. Jordan Poole went to the G League. Uh, Nico Mannion, the the other draft pick, he went to he went to the, uh, the G League because, you know, Maker is the primary backup to Curry right now. So there's really, that leaves no room for Mannion to come in and get, uh, you know, authentic NBA playing time. He's only come in in a couple of games and those were blowouts, but uh, him and the G league will get some good, you know, get some good playing time under his belt. And then hopefully he can work his way back um, because I'd love to see what he can do uh, in the lineup as a Curry backup as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, uh, the Looney Looney move, Looney move is great. Um, it's, it's fine. The Warriors need to get back on track. It's, we need to, once they can figure themselves out defensively, then they'll get out of the, the, the current pattern that they're in, which is lose two, win two, lose two, win two, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. And they'll get out of the 500. The fact that they're hovering in 500 is still very good considering how many new pieces there are in the team this year. So the, if they can just bring it together and gel, then they will get over the hump and become a 500, an over 500 team and start to actually look ahead of that part Which is competing for a playoff position. We still got a long way to go for that, but it's 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 in the it's in there. It's in the distant vision right now. If they can just figure it out,
0: I agree. It is, and we got to remember Wiseman is a rookie, and he's still getting his feet underneath him. Um, I I do see, and even Kerr talked about it. There being a combination of them going between Looney and Wiseman. Uh, you know, throughout the season, you know, kind of flip flopping between the two throughout the season. They're obviously aware of the numbers, and he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be fine. He's he. This is this is a good. It actually is helping his evolution by putting him putting him back on the bench, taking a little bit of pressure off of him, and put get, putting it more on our vets. It's a it's a good move. It is. I agree. Okay, Ray. Here it goes. It's time for my NFL playoff bracket the final week for me cuz un- are you still in it all right so i'm pissed all right so i am technically technically i am still in it but the problem is that i i ran out of teams so i i won i won i properly i chose the chiefs this week because i was avoiding the NFC championship cuz i didn't quite I, I didn't quite, I believed that the Packers were going to win the entire thing. I thought this was the year they were going to pull it off. And so I thought, uh, here's what I'll do. I'll pick the Chiefs this week. I'll pick the Packers next week. I just felt like Aaron Rodgers was playing just fant- lights out. The Chiefs looked like they were struggling uh, last week. And, and with, with Mahomes' injury, uh, you know, I'm still not sure. You know, but, but I thought Aaron Rodgers was the healthiest, and his team was playing at a very high clip, and they were my best chance at uh, taking the Super Bowl. So I took the Chiefs this week uh, as a precaution. But unfortunately, the Bucks defeated the Packers. And if you remember, I took the Bucs all the way back on wild card weekend. Thus, I ran out of teams. So you didn't have a choice, even no matter what. Packers needed to win in order for me to stay alive. The Packers needed to win. And you
1: would have been out if
0: you And I would have been out. I would have been out either way. So I was out I was out because I chose the Chiefs, or I was out because I chose the Packers. Like technically I advanced, but I ran out of teams. So I'm out of the pool. There's only two guys left and they're both in the same buckets. They're force picked. One is force picked to have to choose the Chiefs because he's ran out of teams, and the other guy has to pick the Bucs because he ran out of teams. Um, I did not expect the Bucks to get this far. And I know you're not you're not happy about this, but I'm gonna say this. This is my one my one pitch about Tom Brady. This is the season I learned to finally put the gun down and love Tom Brady. And I'll tell you why. Because he left the Patriots, that organization, a lot of controversial steps. I don't really think that falls on Brady's shoulders. I think more, more, more often than not, what he just does is play football at a very high level. He, I've complained forever that he was in a weak-ass division. Uh, has had a lot of weak runs in the playoffs. He came to the NFC. He went through Drew Brees. He went through Aaron Rodgers. He took a team that I feel like is pretty good on some days. I wouldn't say they're a great team, uh, but he took a team and elevated them from that, that. They go, they can go from decent to pretty good. I feel like that's their their ceiling, right? And he took them and he diced up the Bree, the, uh, the the Saints, diced up the Packers, and now is the first guy to win both the NFC and the AFC. First guy to go to 10 championships with an opportunity to grab his seventh ring, and he did it at 43 years old. And so the fact that he did it and the Patriots didn't even make the playoffs, kind of like an F you to the Patriots, which I'm all in favor of. I don't like the Patriots. I don't, you know, I, I don't always feel like they're the classiest organization, very controversial with how they handle their their football business. And, um, you know, I thought it was—I I was actually happy they got rid of Brady because this is what I expected. I expected them to kind of fall into a a, a re- rebuild mode. And uh, I think what he was able to do at 43 years old, I had to give him props, man. Like, I, I put the gun down, and I'm like, I'm all in on Tampa. I'm rooting for Tom Brady to defeat Mahomes. I don't want Mahomes to get a second ring. I don't want to see the Chiefs go back-to-back, not after they beat us. That pisses me off. But there's my rant. That's my Tom Brady rant. Where are you at on this Super Bowl? What are your feelings? You are very
1: generous uh, with Tom Brady. I don't know. I feel like I don't know you anymore. (laughs) Are we related? Um, Tom Brady. So, first of all, Drew Brees gave away picks to the Buccaneers to lose that game. Tom Brady did not do anything miraculously impressive to make me feel that he – Well, he capitalized on those
0: defensive those defensive turnovers, right? Like Aaron Rodgers didn't do that against Brady. Brady threw three interceptions in a row, and the exactly so Brady so
1: Brady did enough to win, and almost gave that game away. Um, but his but again, the Bucks have a talented defense. They're not as good as the Pats were last season statistically, but they're still a very talented group. He has a a far and away a much talented offensive uh, core. And on this team than he did against the Patriots. If you put the, this talent on the Patriots, he doesn't go anywhere. He has two bona fide number one wide receivers, two very talented dual threat running backs that are much better than Sonny Michelle and James White. And outside of Julian Edelman, I'll take a Chris Godwin and a Mike Evans over with Julian Edelman any day of the week. Uh, so uh, plus uh, the, the, the intermediate guys, too. He didn't really, I mean, and he had Gronkowski back in the lineup. So he was stacked offensively. If if none of that talent's there, he doesn't get as far as he does. So this was a combination of his skill of just getting the ball to to his receivers because he's been very good at that his entire career, and just having immensely good talent in order to catch his balls. If if he doesn't have that talent, that same group is in the Patriots. That group is just as successful. If but to me, it's a combination of I see I, you you give less credit to this Bucks t- uh, team talent wise than I do. I'm kind of on the opposite end of it, where I think there's a ton of talent on this team, and I think that was a big uh, alluring factor for Tom Brady, especially on the wide receiver end of things, because that was something that they were sorely lacking for years on that team outside of Julian Edelman, and they just could not get it going on that side. And they weren't even drafting uh, very well for that, or drafting, to me, uh, very wise uh, on the the, uh, wide receiver side of things. But again... That's the um. I forget. I don't even know the name of that stupid
0: cast over there <laughs> in New England. <laughs> we don't even have to name it.
1: If you want to hear more information, yeah, go, more You information, go find it on your own. You go Google <laughs> search it yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: The uh,
1: nineteen, uh, what is it? Nineteen seventeen cast. It's the uh, the. Um, the, uh,
0: 1917
1: or 17 18 what is it uh the what was the the civil war
0: i don't know. <laughs> i don't know i'm not the guy sorry <laughs> this is not again
1: go to the go to his, the history channel.com if you want to learn all about the civil war
0: <laughs> it's called history channel.com I'm sure that's what it's called uh, but, but again um
1: you know, and, and if you want to learn more about the bucks, again, go to the Swashbucklers cast. There is a good place uh, to learn all about that. Go to, to the, the, the uh, what is it, uh, the wo- Wooden Foot and Eye Patched cast. Uh, you know, go to Pirates. the Ahoy Matey cast. Ahoy Matey cast, yeah. Uh, Pirates of the Tampa Bay Caribbean cast. cast. <laughs> um so that that's where you go for that information, but I I think um, so. Yeah, just to summarize, yeah, I think that just that there was a lot of talent on this team that helped carry Brady more than, and Car- Brady was just kind of the final piece that they needed to kind of bring it all together. Jameis Winston um, is a is <laughs> likes to throw the ball a lot and and is very good at throwing the ball to either team, but it was just a, l- a little too much of that, and uh, Tom Brady kind of reined that in and was able to kind of get them into games the way that that talent should be able to to be getting into games so I think that it's a large factor of having a good defense and having amazing talent on offense and also getting his number one tight end back even though he you know didn't have you know the season that uh, Travis Kelsey had and he's not as talented as a George Kittle um, it was he's still a reliable tight end as as we saw this season but again I um, I just don't know what to think of this I, I'm okay With Mahomes getting a second trophy because the last thing I want to see is uh, a a goddamn parade with Tom Brady again um, uh, as the face of that parade. No, thank you. Get out of my face. You know what it it feels like? It feels like I'm not going to say it because it's too it's really it's a really crude uh, line. But go watch Predator 2. And there's a scene where Danny Glover has where he's in the office talking with his his captain. And this is right after the opening scene where, they, where they're they fighting all those gang members and Predator comes and kills. Predator 2, right? Predator 2, Predator yeah. Two. And, and he kills them all. Um, and then he goes into the scene with with his captain and they, they have this exchange and he has this really crude line that he says. That's what it feels like right now. So uh, if you're that curious about it, go dig for that line by Danny Glover. It's, it's an amazing line. It's really funny, but it's really crass.
0: Uh, but I won't so I
1: won't I won't say it on the calf, but that's how I feel about it.
0: <laughs> well, I do not want to see Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs win back-to-back Super Bowls. I hate the Chiefs this year. I hate Patrick Mahomes. I, I can't stand them. I hate that they beat the 49ers. We ha- we we had seven more minutes to play and we would have closed that game out. And here we are now watching these guys. They haven't been hurt all year. They've had a nearly flawless perfect season. I don't want to see it happen. They make me sick to my stomach. So I'm rooting for Tampa, but I can't stand the Chiefs, and I, my hatred for the Chiefs is much greater than the Bucks, who I don't have really any ties to. So,
1: you you have a fair argument. I feel like either one of these arguments is valid. I feel like nobody's wrong and nobody's 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 right, but nobody's wrong. <laughs> yeah, or, or or we're we're both right and we're we're not wrong. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so yeah, there, there's the question. What say you, Goldcast Nation? Who are you rooting for and why? Or are you on the boat of like, screw this. I hate both these teams. I don't care who wins. Let us know in the comments. Go to youtube.com slash the and let us know in the comments. Uh, and, Raymond, good news. You were right. Two up, two down. Warriors win 130 to 108. So maybe this move was good. Well, we've got we still got to go check that game out. We'll be talking about that game and every Warriors game that goes in between on Thursday. And so concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the Voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond the First, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. This is, this is the
1: gold cast.